0: The Salami show and I'm your host La Salami and I'm still at Capital Crime and I'm still talking with loads of best-selling authors in the crime and thriller genre um, and I hope you'll get and enjoy you know, our lovely conversation today because I hope you get to see the authors and probably learn something about them that you've probably not heard in the mainstream media, you know, so normally the show is in a virtual cafe, but today I'm sitting next, you know, to another author. So I will let my next guest introduce himself. So who have I got here?
1: Hello, everyone. My name is Will Dean. I am the author of Dark Pines and Red Snow. I am a British author, but I live in a big dark wood in Sweden.
0: Awesome! How are you?
1: I'm really good, thank you. Thanks for having me on. It's great to be here. Capital Crime is amazing. This is the first year and it's been such a success.
0: It has, it has. And it's in a really nice location as well. You know, and the ground um, cornered rooms, it's like, it's just really nice, I think. It's
1: very fancy and the rooms are huge. Like the room that I did my panel in today was like something out of The Shining. Yeah, it was amazing.
0: Yeah, so... How did you end up next to me today? How did you, what, what are the different events that led to you being next to me today?
1: That's a good question. I'll start from my childhood. Okay. <laughs> so I was, I was a very weird, uh, shy child. Mm. I grew up in the middle of nowhere in the East Midlands okay. in a non-bookish household. And I got a lot of comfort as a kid from library books, from reading, yeah. and from nature, from den building. So that's where my love of books came from. Mm. Um, but my whole family thought it was weird that I was reading books because they didn't really do that. Oh. And then fast forward like 30 years, 40 years, I was, I was living in London in a one bedroom flat working away and I knew I would never be able to afford like a two bedroom flat in London. So my Swedish wife and I decided we're gonna move to Sweden buy a boggy piece of land. Mm. In the forest and build a house, build our own house. So kind of live off grid, live a very low cost life off grid um, and write books. And that was like seven years ago. And uh, my debut came out last year. My debut was Dark Pines. And since then, my life has gone bananas. So I've been doing a huge amount of events. I was in Hong Kong, the Hong Kong Book Fair, speaking last month. I do you know, many, many events a year, and at this event, I was yeah, asked to do this podcast, which I'm very happy to do.
0: Awesome. So, I'm just trying to think, because most of the other authors that I've spoken to, they've grown up reading books. Mm-hmm. So, how did you weirdly develop a love for reading when you grew up in a household where most people...
1: To not read I guess you know thank goodness for libraries. Yes uh, otherwise it wouldn't have happened but my, I don't know I just I, I was much more shy than the rest of my family, much more bookishly inclined mm. and as soon as I got into Roald Dahl and things like that, I was just absolutely hooked. and as a teenager when I was reading things like Adrian Mole, mm. I was hooked as a later teenager, I remember reading Trainspotting and Frankenstein back to back. And I was like, I'm hooked again. And then <laughs> um, since then, you know, I'm a huge fan of Stephen King mm-hmm. in my late teens. And then since then, you know, I'm, I'm just a huge reader. And that's really, I never really expected to be a writer. I didn't have the confidence to say, I'm going to write books. I didn't think that was a possible career for someone like me. Yeah. Um, but then in my mid-30s, I was like, I've got a story I need to write. Okay. Yeah.
0: So, mid-30s, you've got a story. What was this story? Did the characters start speaking to you?
1: Yeah, they did. But the first thing I saw uh, for Dark Pines was this huge, overgrown pine forest. Mm. Um, and I looked deeper into this pine forest in my mind's eye. I saw a gravel track snaking through the trees. Yeah. I saw a pickup truck, a big pickup truck, on the track. I looked in the window and I saw a woman with hearing aids. Okay. And that's how my protagonist, Tuva Moody Song, came to me. It was like a bolt of lightning, this young, deaf woman who is terrified of nature, who is a journalist in this creepy, small town. My books have been likened to things like Twin Peaks and Fargo, these very small, claustrophobic towns. Um, So that's how she came to me.
0: Also, so Debut was published last year.
1: Yeah.
0: How did that happen?
1: Good question. It's like a long run-up to that. Okay,
0: so, I, I like stories. Yeah,
1: and I, I, I have a YouTube channel now called Will Dean Forest Author where I talk about the whole process of getting rejected over and over again, submitting to agents and that kind of thing. So it took me a while. Hmm. The first thing I did was I wrote a really terrible book. Okay. Uh, which I got rejected everywhere, quite rightfully. And then I put that away and I wrote Dark Pines. And very quickly I got a lot of interest from literary agents just from hitting their slush piles.
0: Okay, how did, it, how did your books end up in their plows?
1: I emailed them. So I okay. didn't have any contacts in the publishing world whatsoever. I didn't know anybody... Um, you know, I was living a thousand miles away in the woods in Sweden. I just got the list off the internet. I started following them on Twitter. I started reading about them in the Writers and Artists yearbook. And then I did my... You know, I've been rejected hundreds, hundreds of times <laughs> on the, the first terrible book. So I didn't really fear rejection anymore. And then I started... Um, submitting dark pines and instantly the reaction was completely different Mm. agents were actually interested and wanted to talk to me and requested the full manuscript and before long i got lots of offers of representation which i never really expected and then there's the whole stressful thing of having to choose an agent which was quite bizarre because i loved all of the agents who offered representation so uh, and then and then as soon as it as soon as i chose an agent they sold it very very quickly
0: Okay, So I'm, in, I'm curious though what was it, what did you learn from your first book that got rejected multiple times to that point what did you do to improve on your writing that got that was able to generate so much interest? That's
1: a great question um, I learned a lot because that first book was so painful because it was <laughs> so bad and it was so like so rejected um, that first book, the terrible book which is locked in a drawer forever, mm-hmm. uh, was a sprawling monster of a book. It was set over two years with seven point-of-view characters oh. in seven countries. So it's a hugely ambitious mess. And then Dark Pines, as a reaction to that, is one person's point of view okay. to Vermoodi this young deaf journalist. It's set in one very small town over two weeks. So it's the opposite of that first book. It's very tight, it's mm-hmm. very small, it's very contained, and... That's what agents, I think, like. The fact that it made sense and it was whole. And they could see the the potential for a series with this character.
0: Okay. What made you change? What made you do a U-turn from seven point of views to one?
1: I think all that rejection helped. (laughs) Okay. (laughs)
0: But was there someone that said, oh, you know, it's too messy or it's too, yeah, too much? Like, what, you know, because the thing is sometimes, like, I'm a big fan of, you know, loads of different things. So there is... Knowledge that you know that you know. There is knowledge that you know that you don't know. Mm -hmm. There is knowledge that you don't know that you don't know. Mm -hmm. So now, when you've written this book, and like every other author, you would think, my book is amazing. Like, who would not want to read my book, right? And then you're like, and then you're getting this reality check, right? So, unless, did someone give you feedback? Or did you just think, you know what, let me just do something different?
1: No, I didn't get any useful feedback. I was just properly rejected and I think the thing that helped me like you say you know about things that you know that you don't know I think what helped me was the fact that I was a huge reader all the way through that process okay so I guess by osmosis I started to realize you know what this book is not really the kind of book that I want to read you know I want to I should write what I want to read yes that doesn't exist yet in the market so that's what I wrote I wrote something which is a bit Twin Peaks a bit Fargo a bit True Detective it's this one one Woman's uh, life experience in this very small town in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. So what influenced your decision to go with the agent that you chose?
1: It was a really tough decision. I knew a few authors by then, Mm. a little bit. So I DM'd them on Twitter and I said, you know, I've got these three agents who have offered representation. What questions should I ask? Mm. And they gave me some helpful tips. And then I flew over from the woods and one took me out for lunch, one took me out for drinks, one took me out for dinner. And the next day at Heathrow flying home I made my decision. And the all the, the agent I went with in the end had a mixture of great editorial experience. She was an editor for ten years at three different big five publishers. She was a good deal maker. She had been involved in big auctions with big advances, which I liked, had done a lot of foreign rights deals. And most importantly, I really liked her as a person. Mm. She's a very cool Irish woman, and I just got on well with her. Like, we had lunch, and most of the chat was just about our favourite Stephen King books. And I quite like that. She wasn't really, like, hard-selling herself. Yeah. It was just a very casual conversation, so that if I'm, you know, in a few years' time, if I'm on a plane with her to Sydney to do an event, it would be a pleasure. It would be easy, because we get on really well, and I think that's important, so...
0: Awesome. So now she's, you know, good at getting loads of advances. And I'm always curious about this. And I know loads of people in my network are curious about it, right? Because we always seem to have this idea about authors when they have their first, you know, big break, right? That you've got to check with loads of zeros, was that the case? That,
1: like, never happens, honestly. or okay. oh, very rarely. So uh, I'm going to be you very... You've deflated
0: my mood <laughs> now. I was hoping that you were going to say you had, like, a six-zero check. Well, you
1: know what? The, the interesting thing is it's not always a good thing. Like, you think it's a good thing, and I wanted it. But I'll talk you through it. I'm going to be very transparent here. Okay. Because I think money should be talked about more in publishing. Yeah. And I talk about it on my YouTube channel a lot because... You know, we need to feed ourselves and clothe our kids, right?
0: Exactly!
1: So my first advance, I'm published by One World, who are a fantastic literary publisher, but they're not a huge commercial publisher. And my first advance was pretty small, pretty standard in the industry, so it's not like I was going to go out and buy a yacht, you know? It was a small advance. How many zeros? I'm not going to say how many zeros, but it was like a small typical (laughs) advance. It was was okay. and then there, weren't many, there wasn't a huge amount of expectation about how that book would do, those okay. two books. It was a two-book deal. And the first book came out, and it, it was huge. It, it had a word-of-mouth kind of sensation. So okay. what happened was I earned out that contract, so I sold enough books to earn out that entire advance within like a week.
0: Really? Yeah,
1: so it was a big shock to everybody, my publisher and me. It just had a word-of-mouth thing. So there was not a huge marketing spend or anything like that. It was just people talking about it. I got very lucky, basically. Wow. And then what happened was, because that unexpected thing happened, the next month my agent negotiated my second book deal, which was for the books three, four, and five in the series, and that advance was something like 40 times bigger than my first advance. So that advance was six zeros. Wow. Yeah, but I needed that first small deal and to exceed expectations and to have a bit of luck as well, which I think is really essential. Yeah. And then I got my big deal after that.
0: Also, so now I'm sort of curious, though, because when I always see two first-time authors, right, um, especially self-published ones, that writing is the easy bit. Everything else that comes afterwards, that's where the real work comes in. So I understand that your first success was literally word of mouth. But what was the catalyst? What was the sort of, you know, you've got to put your foundation right for it to go viral.
1: Yeah. I don't know if it went viral. I think all it was... So the expectations were low, partly because it was a book that a lot of publishers weren't particularly keen on for many different reasons. It was a man writing a woman, first of all. It was a uh, a hearing man writing a deaf woman. It was a British man writing a Swedish character. So a lot of publishers were put off by that, probably fairly. Like, it was would be a big gamble. Mm. And actually, all of those things helped to make it stand out from other books mm. so I think it was just one of those books that people talk to their friends about Dark Pines came out and then obviously after that it got it got you know I had a big tube poster campaign and it was on TV with the Zoe Ball book club and things mm-hmm. like that but that was after the word of mouth had already set off so I think it's partly due to the fact that it was quite of a weird book mm-hmm. and partly due to the fact that Tuva Moody Son this character really resonates with a lot of people she has a really awkward relationship with her elderly mother Mm. and a lot of us kind of understand that either with our parents or our grandparents and it's it's a creepy twisty story and who doesn't like that yeah Um, but yeah it's difficult to unpick the reasons why it blew up it just did and the main thing, that, like, I kind of disagree with what you just said. For me, the most difficult part is writing the book, honestly. Really? The rest of it is fun and easy. Yeah, because the rest of it, I've got some control over Is Writing the book, like, I'm always terrified the book's just going to fall apart and I'm not going to finish it. So I find writing the most difficult part.
0: Interesting. So, okay, a couple of questions, just kind of going through my head, but... There are two camps when it comes to writing. There are the planners, right? You have to plan. You know what the beginning is going to look like. What the middle is going to be like. What the end is going to be like, right? And they probably have like post-it notes, and you know they're really structured. And then there are the crazy people like me who my characters talk to me. I have no plan. I'm literally just going about my business, minding myself, you know, not talking to anybody. And a character start talking, you know, and then I'm like, okay, great. And you're like, great, you know, get on, get your computer, start, you know, this is the story we're telling you. This is what I want to do. And my characters then start talking to me. Good for you.
1: I love that. (laughs) Yeah, so
0: where do you stand? Which camp are you in?
1: I'm like halfway in between, I would say. So I'm not planner I'm not a pantser I'm I'm a visualizer I think I'm an extremely visual image based person so I think I before I put pen to paper or start typing I see the entire story kind of in my mind's eye so before I go to sleep at night I'm kind of daydreaming slash dreaming of the story Mm. and I walk around this small town that I've created in my own mind's eye a lot and once I visualize this story and I know what the ending is going to be, then I start writing it. I, write, I have a very strange process. I write the entire book in four weeks.
0: Really? Yeah,
1: the how, first draft.
0: How many words are your books typically?
1: Around 100,000 words, so like typical thriller length. And I write it in four weeks, in a very intense four-week period where I'm very, like a zombie. <laughs>
0: That is amazing. So, that's why I like children's books, right? Children's books are, you know what you want, you know, and it's sort of relatively easy. Whereas, and I attempted to, I attempted to write, you know, an adult book, you know, Paranormal, and... After 5,000 words, I was like, okay, I'm exhausted now. Then I managed to push myself 10,000 words and I was like, seriously? (laughs) Then I managed to push myself to 20,000. I was like, that's it, I've had enough now. (laughs) (laughs) And that took me like three months, you know, to get to 25,000 words. I'm like, I don't want to write adult fiction. It's like, it's it's..." so. And you were able to write 25,000, you know, 100,000 words in four weeks to get your first draft.
1: Thank you. It's not, it's not particularly healthy, doing it like that. Like, I'm exhausted at the end of it. Because I don't really get out of Tuva's head. It's such an immersive kind of experience. But I just, I'm just. i just terrified not to do it that way. Because if I write it really fast, I feel like it gives me some confidence. Because I know the book's done. Yeah. And after four weeks, I am I haven't got a good draft. Like, it's an ugly draft. But it's all there. Yeah. And then I can spend maybe eight or nine months rewriting it and polishing it and editing it and improving it. Right. Yep.
0: Okay. Okay. No, that sounds, that sounds good. So over, so when was your first, what year was your first book? Last year, last January. Yeah. So last January to today, what have you learned about the publishing process? Like what are the tips? What things do you know now that you wish you knew then?
1: So many things. Like I was clueless, totally clueless before. I didn't really know even the difference between an agent and an editor. I didn't know the difference between like marketing and publicity. And mm. a lot of people still, under, still don't really understand that. So marketing is paid for. Mm. It's, it's a tube campaign or it's a TV advert, whereas publicity is completely free. Mm. It's using your publicist contacts with newspapers and um, broadcasters to get interviews and things like that. Mm. Um, so I was clueless, like properly clueless, because my family is... Nothing to do with publishing. I'm not a London-based person. I'm from the Midlands. Um, So I had to learn it all. And I'm still learning now. But what's the most important thing? I think for me it's like... Getting published is really hard. But the most important thing is actually staying published. Yeah. So when I got published and the book did much better than I thought it would... I started... Squirrelling away and writing book two. Right. And a lot of people who have a successful debut kind of forget to write a book too because they're doing so many events and interviews and things and then you get a lot of pressure and a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety because you don't have enough time and you miss a deadline so if I could give one piece of advice to a debut author it's write a second book yeah just to give yourself a bit of uh, a bit of space
0: Yes. Yeah. I think that's quite useful advice, especially if your book is going to be part of a series, right? Because I know, like, you know, we're in this age where everybody wants instant gratification. And I'm really bad where I take a book, I start reading it. Then I find out that there's supposed to be another book, but it's not yet written. And I get so mad. <laughs> or I'm like, why did you waste my time? You know, why is the second book not ready yet? You know, how do I know what's going on with <laughs>
1: I totally get you and as a reader, I feel the same way, totally I'm frustrated, but as an author now i get I wake up to dms like this every day saying, Where's the next book, or Can this happen in the next book and things like this so it's fun
0: <laughs> yes, no no, no that's 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 quite interesting um okay, so what five things can you tell the listeners that you know should be your takeaway? you know once they finish listening to you do a thing oh, you know what, that was quite interesting. I mean, you've said loads of interesting things already, right? But actually, you know, actually, maybe before I go down, and I always talk about, you know, publishing and book side of things, but let me go back to your personal life. You live in a forest, cut off. How did you decide? I know, you know, you're from, you've lived in London, but how did you make all of that work?
1: So, yeah, it's quite a long story. Okay, can you summarise it in two minutes? Sure. So what happened was we were living in a little one-bedroom flat in London. And my wife and I, my wife is Swedish, I should say, we were like, we were never going to be able to afford a two-bedroom flat, never mind a little garden where we can grow some vegetables and things like that. So I had this uh, crazy idea that maybe we could go and live in the wilderness in Sweden and Mm. buy a little piece of land. And my wife was not happy about this. Yeah. She was like, I'm not sure I can live in the woods," <laughs> you know, Because she's a city person. Yes. And so I said, well, we basically, we negotiated a deal. We'll okay. build a wooden house in the woods, live a very low cost life. You know, we don't, there's no shops, there's no restaurants, there's no, ta- I haven't had a takeaway for seven years, which is awful. Um, and after six months, if she doesn't like it, we would just sell it and move. Okay. And that was the deal. And seven years later, she loves it and it's fine and it's good. So, yeah, we live in the woods. We live semi-off-grid, so we use logs for cooking and for heating. We have our own well for water. There's nothing around us at all. We have moose kind of traipsing through the garden every few weeks. It's a very quiet kind of life. And for me, as a reader and as a writer, it's it's a dream.
0: It's perfect. It's
1: good. And especially as there's not anything you can spend your money on. And now I travel so much as an author that it's nice to go back there and just Mm. be like, focus on my storytelling which for me is the biggest pleasure in life is just telling stories
0: yeah so how do you do your food in half and do you go into town
1: <laughs> that's a good question we have a supermarket well I say it is a, a small one like a shop nothing like you would see a It's not like a Tesco and it's about 45 minutes away okay by, by, by truck and the first 15 minutes of my drive every day through the woods is off road so the time varies according to the season like when it's Midwinter, we can get snowed in. Hmm. It's interesting, you know. It's 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 never boring.
0: No, that sounds that sounds quite that's quite interesting. Okay, well we're we'll coming to that time where you know I'll have to say it's been a pleasure. But if anyone wanted to contact you, you know, find out more about what you do, how can they do that?
1: Okay, so I am on Twitter at Will Ardeen. I'm on Instagram at Will Ardeen. On YouTube, I have a channel all about writing querying agents how to get started on a first draft everything to do with the craft of writing and that's will dean forest author on youtube and i'm a very interactive author i believe in giving back to the next writers coming through so um, feel free to dm me feel free to send me a message on instagram or on youtube i'll always try and help if i can
0: Awesome, awesome. Well ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that's Will Ardeen. Um I hope you've enjoyed listening to today's episode of the Shegelola Salami show. Well until next time, bye now.
1: Thank you for having me. Bye. Okay,
0: bye.